Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Well, it's Tuesday evening, so it's just me. JC is in his, uh, well, if you've been listening, is in his beloved uh, <laughs> statistics class tonight. And so uh, we're going to have fun, uh, just you and me together, talking about this new way forward act. And I want to I, I mention to you that I really went into reading and analyzing this new way forward act with a very open mind, mostly because I know that conservative news can exaggerate. I mean, if we're honest with each other about how things work, conservative mainstream news is only slightly less fake than the liberal lame, uh, mainstream news. I almost called it lamestream news. And so we have to always enter into these things on a, um, you know, with a grain of salt. And so I went in with a very open mind. I wanted to see if it was actually what people say it is, if all the fervor and all the excitement and all that kind of stuff was, was actually justified. So I wanted you to know where I went into this. I didn't go in with the, ah, you know, this is awful, this is terrible, it's going to destroy America. So what I give you when we get to that analysis will be from a blank slate. I didn't go in there with any bias, with any expectation of finding anything. And if anything, I went with an expectation to find nothing at all. And so when we, uh, when we go through this together, uh, what I'm going to give you is liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over personality. So we're not going to be entirely online with the conservative hysteria, and we're not going to be online with the liberal demand for the New Way Forward Act. I should say the Marxist demand for the New Way Forward Act, just to be, you know, actually correct in my classifications. Now what I want to show you first is I, I mentioned to you on uh, yesterday that this weekend I was at the Bama Carey State Conference uh, gun conference over the weekend and I met this very wonderful woman there and her name is Nikki Goser. And so I want to show you, let's see, uh, i got to find, JC's got these things all set up. There we go. That one works. Uh, this is Nikki Goser. And I wanted you to know her and to see her website. Her website is stalkedanddefenseless.com. I will enter that into our live chat right now here on YouTube, but stalkedanddefenseless.com, all spelled out, all small letters. I don't think it matters if it's smaller cap anymore. But Nikki was in Tennessee, lived in Tennessee, and I'm, I think she still lives in Tennessee. Now, Nikki is trained in her right to keep and bear arms. She is, she had a permit even to carry at the time of this terrible tragedy 10 years ago. And Tennessee had a law that said if any, that if any restaurant actually serves liquor, then the, then the, the occupants, the customers of that restaurant are not allowed to carry in firearms, even if they have a permit to do so. And so Nikki, obeying the law, left her gun in the car. Now Nikki was being stalked by a stalker. And so what we learn from Nikki is that because she followed the law, sorry guys, uh. <laughs> I need JC to back here. Because she followed the law, Nikki watched her new husband 
murdered in front of her because she had no way to defend herself or to defend her husband from her stalker. And now Nikki goes around the country and speaks on her tragedy so other people can learn from it. And her message, and I'm going to put, put her, her website up here again just so you can see it. Her message is, it's more important to carry than it is to follow the law. She says, yes, you need to work to change the law, but it's more important to carry than it is to follow the law. And this goes right on principle with what we teach, that laws must comply with the four fundamental principles of natural law. Samuel Adams said them I believe in the most in the best and most clear way. I mean Locke says it, Montesquieu says it, Bastiat says it, but Samuel Adams in 1772 boils it down to the bare basic facts. He says among the natural rights of the colonists are these first life, secondly liberty, third property, together with the right to protect and defend them in the best manner possible. He says these are derived from the first law of nature, the duty of self-preservation. If you cannot defend yourself at every given moment, then there is no right to life, liberty, or property. Remember that word property is, is not just your stuff, okay? It's not just your cell phone, it's not just your things. That word property is intellectual. Um, James Madison, in his essay on property, called it faculties. Your imagination, your ability to use the natural resources around you that God has given you, the gifts that you have, your abilities are all your property. Your right to freedom of speech is property. Your right to keep and bear arms. Madison says that you have a, that you have a, a property very dear to you in the right of personal safety and security. Personal, your property, not the government's property to protect you, your property to protect yourself. And Nikki's message is very clear. I wish I had disobeyed the law. There's a dear lady in church, I won't mention her because I don't want to embarrass her, but she's, she's in our security department and she's always saying, I. I'd rather be judged by 12 than carried by six. These laws that prevent you by law from, from protecting yourself are contrary to the very most fundamental rights inherent in your existence. And it was just, it was a very emotional story. It was a very powerful story. She actually has a book called Stalked and Defenseless. You can get it on Amazon. Uh, and again, I want to show you her website just so you can see it. It's called stalkedanddefenseless.com. Please go see this message. Please learn how important it is to preserve your rights. Richard Henry Lee said, among the natural, uh, Richard Henry Lee said that in order to preserve liberty, it's essential that the whole body of people always possess arms. Preserving your liberty means preserving your life. Preserving your liberty means preserving your property in its physical and non-physical forms. And he says it's essential that you always bear arms. Now, if something is essential, can you do without it? No. If you're always doing something, is there ever a moment when you're not doing it? No. So 
as Nikki's message through her own regret and her own experience shows us that if you're not packing all the time, you are not preserving liberty. Can I tell you that she convicted me? I mean, I don't carry, I'll just admit to you, I don't carry all the time. And I don't have an excuse to not carry all the time. And being reminded by her story reminded me how important it is. Not just for my personal safety, but for that of my family as well. What if there's a terrible thing happening and my husband, like her husband, was shot? I mean, her story, the man shot her husband and then stood on, over him and emptied his firearm in her husband. And she was defenseless to do anything at all. Now, as we learned on Saturday, the horrible ending to this story is that the parole board is looking to give him early release for good behavior. And he's still, and, and they def, how do they define good behavior? Well, it's not the finished, he's not finished stalking her. He's actually still stalking her from prison by writing her attorney letters about how he can't, she can't hide and he's going to get her. And yet the prison parole board says that he should be released for good behavior. Come on now, people. If I were Nikki... You would never find me unarmed, bottom line. And some sheriff or some officer can put me in jail over it. Some judge can find me or whatever they want to do. But I'm going to look them in the eye and I'm going to say, your words do not make me feel safe. Your laws do not trump my natural rights. I have a duty of self-preservation. I have a right to defend myself at every given moment I am living and breathing. And your opinions do not eliminate that right. So I go to jail. I suppose I'm in good company. Many went to jail in our battle for independence from kings. Many went to jail in our battle for civil rights. Many went to jail for the freedom of speech, for the message of the gospel. And if God sees fit to put me in jail, then I will preach in the jailhouse all the same, knowing that I have violated no law in the eyes of my God, and I have offended no one who understands the true principles of liberty so that's the lesson that i learned from from nikki and i hope that you will give her website a visit i hope that you will consider getting her book i hope that you will consider her message and take it to heart as i did so hey everybody i am on um let me show you some pictures from today. Give me just a minute to slip through this stuff the way I'm supposed to. There we go. Um, this is, here we go. I taught uh, the Trump Club of Charlotte County, Florida, brought me in today to, uh, sp sponsored me to teach my right to keep and bear arms and red flag laws. There's some pictures. Remember, go to chrisannall.com if you want me to come and teach uh, you, but I also wanted to show you that I'm going to be on quite frankly today. Let me show you my little picture because I like my picture better than Frank's. So I will be on, well, I guess I probably need to make that smaller then. I will be on the Quite Frankly podcast today. Um, when my show is over, I'm actually going to be going straight to Frank's show on YouTube. So make sure you find it. We are going to be talking about the 17th Amendment, the Electoral College, and an unmoored Senate. I'm really excited about the message that we're going to be giving on Franks today. So 
make sure that you when we when we finish up here that you go over to Frank's and you listen in. Now we're always telling you to go to Frank because we're we're back to back. So when we end, Frank begins. I mean, I can't imagine something more awesome than than two hours of hard hitting hardcore liberty instruction. Now I'll give you the sort of legal disclaimer. Uh, we try to keep it clean here, but Frank is adult audiences only, so just beware. And that's no slide on him. We love Frank. Sometimes we need to have adult conversations. And sometimes the kids need to hear about liberty, and that's why we're here as well. Now let's get into the uh, New Way Forward Act. The New Way Forward Act, H.R. 5383. Here, titled, let me scroll this down here. Come on, hello. To reform the process, oh, I went down too far for you guys. To reform the process for enforcing the immigration laws of the United States. Now, one of the craziest things, maybe this one's better, maybe not so much. One of the craziest things that I saw when you first open up this page and you start reading, you start realizing, and I'm not kidding, and I hope that you will help me make this analysis. There are actually more rights given to aliens. Now, let me, this deals with criminal aliens. We're not going to get into the argument about what's illegal alien, what's a legal alien. We're talking strictly about people here who are non-citizens who have committed crimes. Okay? That's what this is about. People who have committed crimes. Aliens who have committed crimes, according to this act, have more rights to due process than an American citizen under red flag laws. I'll just repeat that because it's just absolutely mind-numbing. Aliens in America, according to the New Way Forward Act, have more rights to due process than an American under red flag laws. And that's where we are. I mean, that is the first thing that drove me nuts about this. So this is about detaining aliens. So it's about aliens... Uh, who have committed crimes. It's about uh, giving a presumption of, of release. It's about having the right to due process. It's about bond determinations. It's about um, probable cause hearings. Things that people who, Americans who are, who are thrust into the red flag system don't even have. It's, it's amazing. The presumption established by this is a presumption of innocence until proven guilty. A presumption to not detain. Yet, that presumption is not extended to American citizens under the red flag laws. So if we're going to talk about this from a a rights perspective. We're going to talk about this from a liberty perspective. How is it that you can make that the that the liberal Marxists are for disarming the people through these red flag laws? Now, the unfortunate reality is that the conservatives have jumped on board with this, right? Because remember, I live in Florida, so we have a Republican House, a Republican Senate, at the time a Republican governor and a Republican attorney general. Who all signed, who, who, who re-sparked the insurgence of red flag laws across America. Florida kicked open the door again with a Republican House, a Republican Senate, a Republican Governor, Rick Scott, and a Republican Attorney General, Pam Bondi. 
who, by the way, never said one single thing against these red flag laws. I, I have, no, you guys know, I have no love at all for Pam Bondi. She, she is a fraud. She is a charlatan. She is not a constitutionalist. She is at best a Democrat statist, and she has fooled everybody along the way simply because she's a female conservative and she's in office. I don't know if we really understand the preferential cultish worship that we give to people who are in office or run for office. Do you realize that there are people in the conservative movement with with bursting talk shows, with considered to be expert correspondents for the conservative mainstream media. People who have their own television shows on popular media. And their only, only qualification is they ran for office as a Republican. That's their only claim to expertise. They don't actually understand the Constitution. They don't actually know about the rights of the people, or at least they don't defend them. But they ran for office. Most of the time, they don't even have to win. But they ran for office or occupied office at one point in time, and now all of a sudden, we have this thing in America where these people are deemed to be experts. It drives me nuts. Didn't mean to get on this little rant for you. But we have now this act. You know, I really, it may pass the House. I don't think it would ever pass the Senate. Um, but I want you to understand that the most egregious things in this act are number one, the establishment of due process in greater form than, than given to American citizens who have committed no crime, okay? Remember, red flag laws are crime prevention. They're crime presumption, let me put it this way, they're crime presumption. Civil asset forfeiture, you get no due process for civil asset forfeiture, civil asset forfeiture, but guess what? If you're a non-citizen who's committed a crime, now you get due process before you're detained or, 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 or deported. So I want to get into some very specific things about this. I'm going to scroll down here. Let me find the mandatory detention is repealed. Remember, the presumption is um, innocent until you know, are, are, well, it's not just simply innocent until proven guilty because these people have crimes on their record. So I can't even say innocent until proven guilty because they've already been adjudged of crimes. All right. So here we go. Oh, goodness gracious. Now I've lost my section. There's the probable cause hearing. And then we go to um, mandatory detention repealed, aliens ordered removed, initial custody determination hearings, presumption of detention is removed once again. And what's interesting is if you, you have to go to all these places where it says striking paragraph six, striking paragraph seven, and finding out how this works. Because if you just read it, you're not going to really understand how this works until you read the paragraphs before them. Now, here we go. Title three, the limit criminal system to removal pipeline. Now, deportable deportability based on criminal offenses. In this, we are striking clauses one and two. In subparagraph three, 
of the Nas Immigration National uh, Nationality Act, and this is the section. We're just going to go here. I'm going to show you how this works. We are, we are eliminating this. Okay? That's what this law eliminates, which means, going back to here, deportability based on criminal offenses. Prior to the New Way Forward Act, if you were convicted of a crime of moral turpitude, or you have multiple convictions, you were automatically going to be deported and you are inadmissible for a visa. Okay, that refers back to this section up here. Inadmissible based on these crimes as well. So you're either inadmissible based on criminal and re related grounds or you're deportable. And what this law says is that you are now no longer deportable for a crime of moral turpitude. You can commit multiple criminal acts regarding crimes of moral turpitude and you will still be allowed to have a visa. You will not be deported from the United States. And there is a presumption that you are not to be deported. I think it's very interesting for us to understand what a crime of moral turpitude is. Now, a crime involving moral turpitude, by example, Homicide, manslaughter, bigamy, spousal and child abuse, paternity fraud, rape, aggravated kidnapping, aggravated assault, robbery, arson, theft, prostitution, pandering, and fraud. Under this law now, you are no longer deportable. Oh, wrong one. You are no longer deportable and you are no longer inadmissible for a visa if you've not just committed one crime of moral turpitude, but you've committed multiple crimes of moral turpitude. Those sections, those, those qualifications for deportability and inadmissibility are now completely wiped from the criteria. Now, what's interesting is the, uh, the law, sorry, wrong, wrong button. The law eliminates private detention facilities and, and requires that the Department of Homeland Security own all deportment, uh, uh, all uh, detention facilities within three years. So from three years from the passing of this act, there can be no private detention facilities, no public detention facilities. I'm not quite sure what that means because then it says that the Department of Homeland Security must own all detention facilities within three years of the passing of this act. Now, the Department of Homeland Security is a public detention facility. So I don't understand that language. Maybe they are confused themselves. But it's curious to me, and I wonder what they hope to gain from making this a government detention facility only. Do they hope to find greater accountability, greater control, or perhaps do they recognize that if the Department of Homeland Security owns the detention facilities, then all they need is a president of their ilk to issue a, an executive order to deny or to release the people based on executive decision. Meaning they don't actually have to amend the national immigration laws anymore because then the executive agency is controlled by the president and the president can issue an executive order saying, hey, look, we're not going to detain anyone anymore.
The thing that makes me curious is I'm not quite sure how they wouldn't get the same results with a private contractor. I don't know. I don't know. Well, let's keep going with this law. The text of HR The text of HR, why is this not working for me now? The text of HR 5383 and what it says in documentation, in documentation here. Oh, that's why, because we didn't have the right thing here. All right. So while we talked about the fact that we are no longer deportable based on crimes of moral turpitude. And we heard the list of crimes of moral turpitude. Now what they go on to do is also change the criteria of what an aggravated felony is. Okay? So what we have now is section 302 subsection a subsection one and it says in the matter preceding subparagraph a by striking means and inserting means a felony for which a term of imprisonment of not less than five years was imposed you see what has happened now in that particular section what we've done is said okay guess what in order to be deportable, in order to be denied your visa, you now have to actually be sentenced to not less than five years in prison. See, this was imposed. Before, you could just simply be convicted of an aggravated felony, meaning you got pro probation, maybe you served two years in prison with three years of, of, of probation, that sort of thing. Now the law says that you cannot be deported, you cannot be detained, you cannot be denied a visa unless when you committed your aggravated battery, uh, the, your aggravated felony, even if you were convicted if you were not imprisoned for five years or mo more was imposed then you get to come back you get to come here you get to stay here you even get to be you even to have get to have a a um, a visa to come here now what's interesting is the argument that the Marxists will make is that these alien alien immigrants that Donald Trump was off his rocker when he was complaining about the criminals being allowed in the United States right that's where they took Donald Trump's entire speech out of context saying that he called everybody coming over to the Mexican border a rapist or a criminal. When you go listen to that, that speech and you actually hear it, he did not say everyone was, but he said they are coming over. And the Marxists and the liberals and the media went wacko repeating and saying, we don't let criminals, there's not criminals coming over here. But here we have the New Way Forward Act which is actually creating a larger window so that criminals can intentionally be inserted into our system. Does anybody see something really, really wrong with that? It's just mind-blowing to me. Why would you make a loophole the size of the sun to allow known criminals into our country. I mean, back in the days of Ellis Island, we didn't do that. No sane people 
would open their doors to people who have knowingly and okay so we're not talking about petty theft here aggravated felonies opening the door for aggravated felonies are you stinking kidding me now title four really really also ticks me off title four I'm sorry, Title V, rather. Title V, Prohibition Against Performance of Immigration Officers' Functions by State and Local Officers and Employees. Come on, guys, you know what this is a response to, right? This is a response to states enforcing the natural, uh, the, the uniform rule of naturalization. This is a response to states like Arizona where where you have sheriffs that are deport that are cross taking people across the border you have texas people sheriffs and deputies and police officers are doing their own border patrol and they're they're taking these people back to the border that's what this is in response to what is it actually doing it is actually removing the authority and the sovereignty of the state to do their job. The officers, employees of any state or any political subdivision of a state are prohibited from performing the function of an immigration officer in relation to the investigation, apprehension, transport, or detention of aliens in the United States or otherwise assist in the performance of such functions. Do you realize how broad that is? Maybe not. Let me, let me, let me, let me give you an explanation. Many of you know that I was a prosecutor here in the state of Florida for a decade. Now, as a prosecutor, prior to George W. Bush, when ICE was INS, okay, there was a system in place that when an alien was arrested for a crime here in the in in the state of florida or anywhere in the united states so this was across the board when an alien was arrested for a crime of moral turpitude or a uh felony of high or, or a felony right so it can be um a, a crime of moral turpitude of lower degree than a felony or a felony the system established through the uniform rule of naturalization was that i as a state officer would now send a form to INS to alert them that I have a non-citizen alien who has committed a crime of moral turpitude or has committed a felony crime. At which point, INS would fax over to the jail a 24-hour detention hold. And within that 24 hours, INS agents would come and get that non-citizen alien who has now committed a crime and bring them into the deportation process which by the way is a process okay when george w bush became president and the switch from ins to ice happened all of that stopped not under barack obama stopped under george w bush now with this act, I just want you to be clear. What I did as a state agent in identifying a non-citizen alien who has committed a crime of moral turpitude or a felony crime and reported them to immigration, according to this act, I would be violating the law for doing that. I would be the criminal. I would be violating this act and anybody on the state and local level that even tried to identify and report a non-citizen alien who has committed a crime would now be violating the law. This removes the sovereignty of the state, 
this removes the authority of the local government it actually establishes now the principle that the Marxists and the statists and the federal supremacists have been wanting to establish for a long time now federal supremacy you see as it stands now and everybody in the federal government and everybody in the executive agencies know this they won't repeat this publicly they don't want to say this publicly they won't admit this publicly but they know in reality that the federal agents have no jurisdiction in the state or in the county without I without the sheriff's permission that the governor can tell the federal agents you have no authority here that the government that the sheriff can tell the federal agents you have no authority here we will manage this they know this it's why they try to buy off our sheriffs with toys and money to sign these mutual jurisdiction agreements if the federal government didn't have to have permission from your sheriff to exercise authority within your county then there would be no purpose for a mutual jurisdiction agreement there'd be no purpose to bribe and extort your sheriff into allowing the federal government in to exercise power this law would establish by federal law that the federal government is not only superior to the state and local governments within the counties but also that they are the only and let me repeat this that they are the only authority in your state and local governments I bet you didn't hear that one on Hannity this is what the United Nation globalists want. They hate America because we are not France, because we are not Spain. They can't come into Washington, D.C. and take over Washington, D.C. and control the entire Union. They can't do it because we are established of a Union of Independent Sovereign States, even recognized to this day by the Supreme Court of the United States and they have to conquer 50 states one at a time in order to take over and enforce their globalist agenda this law will establish a legal not constitutional not lawful but a legal precedent that the only authority within your state and within your county is the federal government regarding federal matters and then all the globalists have to do is take over Washington DC and then they have all the states bet you didn't hear that one on Hannity this is the threat yes it's a threat that there is a, a loophole the size of the solar system to admit criminals known criminals into our country as visa holders and potential citizens that is huge but it's really not much different than what's already happening the big kick in this bill is not the elimination of detention facilities is not the changing of standards it's the changing of the guard it's about placing the federal government as the only authority in your state and local government in regard to federal laws and then I mean you guys know you heard um, uh, Tim Wahlberg Republican congressman from Michigan tell me and you on YouTube that there is no limit to congressional authority to pass laws the only limit to congressional authority to pass laws are what they can pass by majority vote that the Constitution doesn't really limit Congress because that's an object of perfection it's not reality and so since we can never achieve the actual enumerated limit on federal power that the real federal powers whatever they can pass by majority vote 
Now you can throw your cast your stones at Tim Wahlberg all you want. I know I've cast plenty. But the bottom line is the majority of them in the House and the Senate, Republican, Libertarian, and, and Democrat alike, all believe that to be a fact. Combine that with this law establishing that you have no authority anymore to control your government at the state and local level and that the Constitution itself does nothing to limit the federal government. The end of the Constitutional Republic. Now I am not an apocalyptic speaker in any way, shape, or form. I am not. The sky is falling. But I am telling you the purpose hidden deep in here all the way in section 5, okay? All the way in title 5. Let me ah, my mouse is not working. All the way in title 5 and repeated its way through there, this, <clears throat> this is the purpose of this law. Nothing else matters. Why do I say that? Because everything else established in this law as a matter of law can be done through executive order, period. Seriously, absolutely everything that is in this law, this new way forward law, everything can be done through executive order. They don't need this law. They just need a president who will enforce their ideology. We ought to know that. Barack Obama already did it. I already told you George W. Bush did it. They don't need this law to, to decriminalize migration. That can be done through executive order. They don't need this law to eliminate private detention facilities. That can be done through executive orders. They don't need this law to change the status quo on who will be detained, who won't be detained. That can be done by executive order. It's already been done under George W. Bush. It's already been done under Barack Obama. And it was changed by executive order by President Trump. The only purpose for the new way forward law is contained in Title V to try to strip the state and local governments from their authority to be a check and balance on the federal government. It's the only reason for this law. And that's what we need to take out of this. This is an attack on the sovereignty of the state the greatest check and balance on the federal government to establish a federal government that is uncheckable. What is an uncheckable federal government? A federal government whose only check and balance is itself. And that's not who we are. If you don't understand how that works, if you don't understand what that means, then you need to get my book Sovereign Duty and understand that. You need to be a student at libertyfirstuniversity.com. You need to take the, the courses on state sovereignty. You need to take the courses on uh, the Bill of Rights, on the limits of the president, on the power of the purse, on the limit of the judiciary. If this idea seems foreign to you or objectionable to you, that the states are actually the essential, most powerful check and balance on the federal government. If this sounds foreign to you, or if maybe <clears throat> some professor taught you differently, you need to get informed on the truth, and we'd be happy to help you do that. And so I hope that you can take away now the most important thing from the New Way Forward Act. I don't... I guarantee you're not hearing about this in the mainstream media. The only purpose for this act is contained in Title V. Everything else can and has been done at one point or another through executive order.
an attack on you. It's an attack on me. And we can't sit by and let it happen. Well, I want to thank you for joining me today. You can help me by spreading this message. Share this video. I don't, I don't care how you share it. I really don't. I have no objections to you downloading this video and using pieces of it. Just make sure that you, you know, <clears throat> don't cherry pick me out of context. I will object to that. Show people a link to the full thing so they can see it. Whatever you need to do to get this message out. Show it at your meetings. You see, if we don't know what we're fighting, we can't win the battle. The fight, America, is for the integrity of the sovereignty of your state. At this point in time, it is truly the only thing that separates us from the Marxists and the globalists. It is the only protection that you still have intact. The power that you have to control your state and local government. So let's band together. Let's fight together. Let's get this done. Now remember, I am going to, I'm going straight over now to Frank's show, quite frankly, on YouTube. We're going to be talking about the 17th Amendment, the Electoral College, and an unmoored Senate. I uh, caught the flu <clears throat> over the weekend, so hopefully my voice will maintain itself. Uh, thank you for your time today. Thank you for your support. And uh, JC and I will be back tomorrow. God bless, guys. Don't leave this information here, please. Spread it far and wide. Our liberty and the liberty of our children are really really depending on this. God bless you guys. See you next time.